This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. We are so fucking excited about our guest today, which we always say, but specifically this person is absolutely amazing. Um, today we have a Cameron Rogers here from the Freckled Foodie on Instagram and also the creator of the Freckled Foodie blog. Um, she is a and on TikTok. At, oh, Jen. Yeah, oh, Jen. Jen. For the record, for weeks, Jen has been mocking me for TikTok. And now she spent the entire morning on Cameron's TikTok. Not just the morning, just, just <laughs> I'm It's really a problem. Now. She's the host of the Freckled Foodie and Friends podcast as well. Cameron, thank you for being here. God, that was the best intro ever. I need you as like my hype woman whenever I go anywhere. I we will follow you around if you want us to. And then I'll have like a French horn and we'll just be like, do-do-do-do or something. And we'll announce you in. French horn. I don't, I don't, for the record, I can't play an instrument, but it would be fucking fun. It's okay. We'll learn. How many people just call you the freckled foodie and don't know your real name? This is a lot. It happens a lot. So my little sister actually came up with the name because we were going to do this Instagram together, but she was in college and I was like, you don't take life seriously enough at the time. And I drunkenly started it and I didn't tell her and she's still a little bitter about it. But I, I don't know. It, now people, it's so interesting because my close friends refer to Freckle Foodie as like an alter ego. And they'll talk to me oh. as if she's a different person. They're like, oh, oh my God, well, Freckled Foodie. I'm like, that's me. I am Freckled Foodie. They're like, oh, <laughs> she, she did this. And I'm like, I, I'm still the same person. My dad is like notoriously will watch my Instagram stories. And then when I see him, he'll like repeat everything back to me that I've done. Like, oh, well, I saw Freckled Foodie went for a run this morning and then talked about this and then had this for lunch. Dad, I know she did that because I am the same it human. It was me. Yeah. Do you, feel, do you feel like your friends and family know more about you now because you are you have like more of a presence? <laughs> yes, because I share literally every detail of my life. <laughs> I definitely think they do. I think it's been really interesting to unpack because certain friends are like, I don't want you to think I don't care. I'm not asking you questions, but I already know. So I don't right. want to just... <laughs> annoy you which I appreciate but then it's the weird the weird part for me honestly I say this a lot is the people who I know from like some point of my life but we're not still that close but if I see them or they message me they think we're really close because right. they know every detail of my life which is fine I mean I share it for that reason I want people to feel connected but I've run into a few people and I'm like not to be a bitch, but I actively ignore people on the street my whole life. So it's definitely like, it's, it's that situation where I would probably cross the street and not say hi. And they're like, Oh my God, Hey, how are you acting? Like we talk every day. I'm like, hi. It's really helpful with coronavirus to have a mask oh, on because it makes it so much easier to do that. 
Yes, except for, I agree. But I once, like I was walking around my high school yesterday and I ran into an old like gym teacher and I was like, hey, Coach Adams. And he's like, no idea who you are. <laughs> Teachers never know. It's incredible. They have no idea. They, they're like so influential in our <laughs> lives. And they're like, you're that other girl that I coached. At one like no idea who you are. Right. I'm like, it's Cammie Linville. Remember me? Now I'm Cammie Rogers. He's like, oh yeah, sure. Anything? You think he still had no clue? <laughs> like, no. I think he knew maybe, but like the mask really threw him off. It was just the mask. Did you try hard. to say I'm the freckled foodie? <laughs> I'll be like, I know now. <laughs> no, I didn't try, but I should have. Yeah, that would have been it, maybe. Yeah, I also think the funniest is like my mom's friends who follow because they also refer to me only as Freckle Foodie and they'll say like, all this stuff to her but refuse to call me by my name and she'll send it to me and I'm like do people just think that's my name now? am I like legally supposed to change it what's going on <laughs> when did your when did your Instagram and was it TikTok that blew up first or was it Instagram that blew up first <laughs> Instagram well, I, I feel like neither of them had blown up but thank you so much for saying that you're welcome uh, well they've blown up now that Jen has found you I'm sending you to everyone <laughs> So Instagram was definitely where I started. I started it, I want to say four years ago while I was still working in sales and trading at JP Morgan. So it was a total side thing. I kept it totally secret. Like I bare, if you saw it, you would never know it was me. I never had my face on there. It was only food stuff. And I left JP to do it full time. I probably had like I wish I had the actual numbers. I think I had probably 5,000 followers. I had no motherfucking idea what I was going to do, but I just, I had, I had gotten hit by a car. I had this really bad concussion. I was like, I just have to do this. Mm -hmm. My life kind of changed. And that's a way longer story. But to answer your question, the Instagram was what kind of started to take off more. But honestly, over quarantine, I think I went into quarantine. So in March with like 20,000. So it's definitely grown over yeah. time. TikTok was the weirdest thing because my sister was like, don't download TikTok. You're a millennial. I will judge you so hard. And of course I did it. And I didn't know what to post. And my Instagram community loves my mom because she's just so different than me and so over the top and such a diva. And I was posting these videos. We were all, we had had a family trip at my parents' house in Florida right when quarantine, like right when COVID hit the US. And so we ended up we thought we were going for a week. We stayed for 70 days. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Living with your parents for 70 days is a whole other topic. Oh, but, my God. Wait, was uh, your husband there? Uh-huh. So, okay. So, he was there, too. I was Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Behind. Thank God. No, no, no. <laughs> that would have been really hard. Yeah. So, we... I was joking, like, mom, what are you going to do after the first week? We were all on vacation. We had taken vacation days. Like, what are you going to do when everyone goes back to work and you're the only one that's not working? Are you going to be the executive assistant of the house? And she takes everything, like... 200%. So on the first Monday where we all were back at work from the house, she like dressed up in this outfit with heels, like brought us lattes. Like it was ridiculous. And I posted these Instagram stories and then I was like, you know what? I'll just put this on TikTok. It blew up. Like I will never understand how this happened, but they, my videos started to get like 500,000 views, a million views. And so that's what happened on TikTok. But then I felt this weird thing where I was like, <laughs> people, I don't want all these followers who are just interested in my mom, no offense, because this is kind of my business. And now I'm not going to live with her for my whole not life. about my mom? <laughs> yeah. And so then when I stopped like posting videos about my mom, people kept commenting, where's Cindy? Where's Cindy? Where's <laughs> I'm, Bitch, leave me alone. Um, so that's what happened with TikTok basically. <laughs> That's incredible. I have to say, I didn't get to where Cindy was on. Oh, it. you got to go back. Yes, you way back. down. Yes. I'm going to do some scrolling because I think it's really She's important. My kind. Yeah. So, and then okay, it wait. Into so, her like bringing us drinks and shot. It was funny. Wait. So then I have to ask you, right? Because you have this really interesting story of leaving your corporate job, which I have yes. to say, it's one of the main questions we get asked by listeners: is how the fuck do I know if I'm ready for a career change? I think it's something a ton of people think about. I think it's something really people struggle with actually like making the jump. And so you tell me, so you had this like more traditional diva mom, like how'd your parents take you making the jump and how did you know? 
so my parents both worked in finance. My mom was an investment banker on Wall Street in the 80s. So back in the days where like oh, she was fuck one of the, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's got living the dream. She was like one of the only women. They were like <gasps> blowing lines of coke off of their keyboard. Like her stories are insane. Sorry, mom. But Cindy, <laughs> I would love now I need to have a drink with Cindy. I want to hear these stories. Like so like, yeah. does she vowed for Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah. It was like I mean, she was in investment banking, so it wasn't so I did sales and trading, which is technically like what Wolf of Wall Street was showing, the more trading floor aspect. But she was in investment banking, which is like way longer hours and more um, like project-based than market-based. But her, her life was crazy. And so she was doing that. She quit after I was, I think, like three because she had two kids at the time. And I don't really think she ever saw us. I have no memories of it, but we lived in New York and we were definitely nanny children. And my dad worked um, at American Express for, I want to say like over 20 years and then at City for a while. And now he's at GA. So they've both been in finance majority of their life. Although my dad actually got his PhD in psychology post-college. Really? I was like, I'm yeah. going to be a psychologist. And then two years after doing it, decided he didn't want to start an HR at Amex and then, you know, wow, interesting. Wow. Yeah. So he has a crazy story also, but they both, you know, are very, not by the book, but my whole life I was, I do, I did what I was told, you know, I definitely, I'm a fighter and I call shit out, but I, I really hate to disappoint people. I'm a people pleaser. So I like to check off the boxes and like perform, I guess you could say. So when I was a junior or no, a sophomore in college. I was an econ major just because it was like, that was the only thing I knew. I really wanted to be a sports broadcaster because all I wanted to do was be famous my entire life, my childhood. I was like, I remember turning 18 and having a real talk with myself of like, you have to accept that you're never going to be famous. Like you will not date Justin Timberlake. You don't have any talent to get you anywhere. You know, like that's okay. It's over. And I accepted it. Um, and then- And then weren't you on now a you're, show now a few you're, weeks ago? I was. Yeah. I was so I'm, I'm trying to be on my way, but I then, um, I really just wanted a microphone, which is so funny because now it's like kind of come full circle. And so I wanted, you're to literally holding a holding microphone. A microphone. Like <laughs> so I wanted to be a sports broadcaster because sports, I really loved sports. I played sports my whole life. I loved watching sports. My husband is like psycho about Philly sports. And so I felt like I was watching it all the time. So I applied to all of the like NBC sports, ESPN, Fox, all that. And my mom was like, I really think you'd be good in sales and trading. You're an athlete. It's really catered to an athlete mentality. Why don't you just apply? And I told her I'll apply for one. And if I'm going to apply, I'll apply to the best one thinking I would never get it. And so I applied for an internship at JP Morgan. I got it. I interned there again. And then I ended up working right out of college there. And I loved it. It honestly was amazing. It was perfect for me. I was kicking ass. I was doing really well. But then it just kind of felt very repetitive. And I started to get interested in food and wellness. And I realized, like, I don't really care about the muni bond market whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And there were a ton of red flags for me, but I was ignoring them because the ego, it's so great to say you work at JP and they pay mm -hmm. you a fuckload of money. It's yeah. amazing. So how could I ever I was like, how could you leave that? Exactly. I've built my whole lifestyle around the salary. How do I leave? What would I do? And I had kind of accepted, you know, everyone was like, don't leave. It, it kind of seems wild for you to leave. My mom was very against me leaving. Mm. And so I had accepted this will be a side thing, Freckled Foodie. I'll have a great career at JP. And then, as I said, I got hit by a car while I was crossing the street and I had a really bad concussion. Oh and God. it was like my sixth one and it rocked me. And so I was on disability for two months. And during that time, you can't do anything with that type of concussion, but honestly, like journal and talk to people. And it's when I learned how to meditate and I started my meditation practice. And it just became so clear to me of not like, should I do this? I don't know. To I have to do this. I can't not. So I sat down, I wrote out almost like kind of a business plan-esque of what I could do, what I could offer, what I would charge, like different services. I had been in school to be a health coach. And I remember having my parents over. For, well, first I talked to my husband about it. And he was like, I know that you'll do well at this. You work your at Like I was getting up at four in the morning to work on this before I was going to work. I was a psycho. I was wow. doing these things at the Jersey Shore where I would make all these breakfasts on Saturday and Sunday and then hand them out for free to people walking on the street just to like <laughs> spread awareness. And the police started to shut me down. And I was like, there are lemonade stands. Why aren't you yelling at them? 
anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Um, like, wow, there's a creepy adult giving some food out we don't know what to do yeah, with no her. literally i have a video of me with the cops coming and i was like are you like, serious but you know what's so interesting is like you straight up made it a priority right so you were like right. you know what i'll wake up earlier to do this and i think one of the things that happens like with our side hustle or a hobby or whatever our passion is is it gets put after mm -hmm. the work Right. So it's the thing you fit in at the end of the day. And then so many people are too fucking tired to do it. And right. what you sort of said was like, no, like this is actually going to come first and I'm still going to do the work part, but I'm going to prioritize that. And yeah. I think that is huge, huge. So I was putting in all this time and Joe, my husband said to me, I know you're going to work hard. You're not someone that's going to quit your job and sit on the couch and watch TV all day. So right. I support this. And I basically had my parents over to my apartment and I was still on disability. And I said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to put in my notice and I'm going to quit. And my mom honestly had the hardest time with it. And from what I can reflect on and what I think is that when she left her job, it was really hard for her to quit and walk away and become our mother full time. And while I respect that decision with my entire heart, I think for her, she felt like she had kind of let herself down at that time. And I think she was, she sees a lot of herself in me and sometimes tries to control my life to fix mistakes that she may have regretted at a point. Mm -hmm. And so her whole thing was like, well, don't you want to get VP? Don't you want to get the promotion first? And I was like, I, what does it matter if I'm a VP? That means nothing to me. And I know it meant something to her because she left right before a promotion. And I was like, I can't live out something that you like think about from your past. That's not my journey. So eventually I had their support. I mean, now they're my biggest fans. Like they couldn't be more proud of me. Also, there's so much privilege that goes into this entire thing that I always acknowledge when I tell the story because not only 
my privilege of like working at JP Morgan and making the finances I do, but I come from a very privileged family. I grew up with money and I was able to, you know, I didn't have to pay off student debt. Uh, my parents helped me with an apartment. Like there were so many things that went into it that allowed me to make this leap of faith. So I always want to acknowledge that because I think it's a little bullshit for everyone to sit on their high horse and be like, go do whatever you want. Right. And that's just not reality for a lot of yeah. people. Absolutely. Can so, I, okay. can I first say like when you were talking to your mom and acknowledging the fact that it was really her dream that she was kind of projecting, is that something you knew at the time? Because yes. that's very impressive. Thank you. Did you go um, to therapy? <laughs> so, well now, yes, I love therapy. Um, my parents always, so my mom went to therapy when I was young and my younger sister went to therapy. I went like a few times, but we were very, I do think I'm a very reflective person and I think I've grown into it so much. I honestly think it's one of my best characteristics about myself is I do find myself very self-aware. And I think in the moment I noticed it and I, I remember having the conversation in that moment. So it was definitely something I was aware of, but I think through therapy that I've gone to over the past two years, weekly, the best thing in the world, um, I'm definitely able to reflect on it more vividly. Like what a differentiated response to be able to say, listen, mom, that's actually your dream. And that's, that's you. <laughs> right. Cause I feel like most people would get defensive and, but that is very impressive. You were really able to understand yourself and what was important to you and separate it from what was important to mom. Yeah. And we also have a very, very, very close relationship. Um, both of my sister, like my whole family, but especially like my sisters and I, and my mom and I, like I talk to her every single day on the phone and we tell each other everything. Like there are no boundaries in my house. It's honestly the biggest issue, mm -hmm. but we very much talk to each other as peers, less as like mother, daughter. So I, I notice these things and I feel comfortable calling her out on them sometimes too much. She would mm -hmm. probably say. What's well, so funny? A few weeks ago, we did an episode on like birth order, and like you're such a middle child. Um, <laughs> oh, such a middle child! You're such a middle child, which is, I think, tend to be the most well adjusted because they had to yeah. be. Right? But I'm also the middle child of a middle child. So my mom was the middle of three girls, mm. and so I have Interesting. been. It's I'm a middle child, yes, but also like a favorite middle child, mm. which I don't think is the norm. They're usually totally ignored, and that's definitely yeah. not the case. In oh, our but but that's where it goes to like that she really aligns with you, right? Like you're also yes. the middle child. You sort of follow right. in some ways in her footsteps. So let me ask you this, right? Because you're able to, and I wonder if this is also in some ways the athlete in you, um, athlete, the way you grew up, the empowerment that you have is that you're able to have some hard conversations. And I think a lot of this comes from, and you've been doing, I mean, you just had this conversation about privilege, right? You've been doing some great posting about Black Lives Matter. You're talking a little bit about like, you know, I mean, all three of us for technology, like white women and wellness and yeah. what this looks like and like the thin privilege um, that can be had, right? All of these things. So I'm wondering like, how has that been for you? You put so much of yourself out online, Mm -hmm. What's it like for you? Yes. And I just want to say really quickly, if my sisters listen to this, I don't think I'm the favorite daughter anymore. <laughs> I think we're now equals, but growing up without a doubt, I was, and we would all agree to that. Siblings, um, I, I have to back, back real quick, just in case. Yeah, just, just real, real quick. It's so funny because it, everyone always knows who's the favorite anyway, yeah. right? Like now it's like, it's, very, it's not like, this hidden dispersed. thing in families. Jen and yeah. I were both the favorites, so we can say that too. And we've openly yeah. talked about it on this show that like, our family dynamic was shaped by Jen and I both were the favorite. It's also, and we talked about this on it. It's we were both people pleasers, right? Yes. When like you're the people pleasing yes. one, you like do whatever your parents want you to do. And mm -hmm. so you're less difficult for them. Yeah. For absolutely. better or for worse. I had some difficulty times, but I was probably less yeah. It's it family oh Jesus, speak of the devil. Cindy's FaceTiming me. Okay. <laughs> Cindy. Um, <laughs> the family dynamics are definitely interesting. But to answer your question before sharing my life so publicly has been very interesting. So as I mentioned in the beginning, I kept it like totally church and state, like separate. I think mm -hmm. that's the term. Um, and then I started to share more about like the back end of what I was doing on Freckled Foodie, whether it was, I was meal prepping for people in the beginning, writing blog posts, like all this stuff. And I started it by doing this thing that I called unfiltered day, which was the first of the month. I felt like Instagram was giving all these highlight reels. It was two years ago. And I promised that I would walk you through my day 
talk about what I was doing. It was the only time I would talk to the camera. I wouldn't use any filters and I would share what I was actually feeling. Now that's just become my everyday routine on those stories um, and on Instagram in general. And I felt like once I started doing that, I started connecting with people more. And I was going through a ton of stuff between my concussion. I was dealing with pretty bad anxiety. I was going through spells of depression. I, you know, there was so much going on. I had a lot of health struggles happening. And the more and more I shared, the more people were like, thank you for this. I feel less alone. I feel so connected. And I vividly remember feeling so lonely and crying in our apartment after work my husband being like, I don't understand. I have the best partner in the world. I have a loving family. I have so many incredible friends and I've never felt lonelier and I just cry. And I think feeling alone in any type of emotion is the most debilitating and depressing feeling. And so my whole thing started to be, if I can share what I'm going through and in any way make someone feel less alone, then for me, it's worth it. And I think when I started this account and I started to talk more about my life and I started to share more, I'm a very, I put it all on the table. I've always been that way. I can't keep anything. Like if it's someone else's secret, I can keep it, but I can't keep a secret of my own for the life of me. I tell everyone every detail of anything. And I don't think that there's such things too much information. Like I'll talk about any topic you want. And I think that that just started to portray on Freckled Foodie and it was just natural because that's how I am in my real life. And the more I started to share, the more I started to grow and the community started to get stronger and more engaged. And I always say like, yes, I love what I'm doing a hundred percent, but I'm never going to hold back on what I'm thinking and not say something in fear of losing followers or losing a potential partnership. Like I don't fucking care if this all goes to shit tomorrow. I can find another job. You know, like I'm not going to not say something because God forbid I lose this account or I lose a partnership. And, you know, there, there are other things in the world that I can do. So if I'm going to be doing this, I'm staying true to myself and I'm going to be honest. And I'm going to share my feelings. And it's definitely come with some struggles, especially, honestly, I used to brag, like I never get any troll messages ever. Everyone's so nice. And then <laughs> and as soon as you happened, say that. Yeah quarantine happened. And, you know, I think people are really anxious. They're scared. They're sad. And a lot of that turns into anger. And I totally understand. And I was in Florida and, you know, I, again, live a privileged life. And even though I really don't think that I put privilege at the forefront of my page, I'm really um, aware of that. I feel very uncomfortable by it. I feel very uncomfortable as a consumer watching some people's accounts that are like, look at me, look at me. And, you know, even with that, I obviously got some messages that are like, people are dying. How are you just living in Florida? And, you know, I I get it. I, I really understand. And I tried to converse with them and share, you know, I had emotions too. And I was doing the best I could. And it's the same thing with what's happening right now in the Black Lives Matter movement, this has been something that's been a topic of conversation in my life for a long time and something I care passionately about. And I was not going to sit there quietly and not talk about it. And, you know, the second I started talking about it, I definitely got a lot of support, way more support, but some hate. Um, I, I said to my mom, I feel like I'm in this weird limbo where I'm privileged and privileged people like to follow me because of the lifestyle I live, but I'm not privileged enough for them because I talk about Black Lives Matter and I don't support Trump. But then people who aren't privileged, I'm too privileged for them. Sometimes I feel that way. And I felt that way when the Black Lives Matter movement started because the more and more I started to talk up about it, I was losing hundreds of followers a day of these people who probably you know, found me because of I'm at the Jersey Shore or I'm at our club in Florida. And I started to get messages of like, stay in your lane. Like this isn't politics. And I was like, I don't fucking have a lane. This page is me. Like I get to share what I want to share. And it's been tough. I get very emotional thinking about what's happening in our world. And it's hard for me because the privilege is really loud right now as a creator and a consumer. You know, we can share about Black Lives Matter and we can do as much as we possibly can. But at the end of the day, we have the privilege to then also like continue our lives and not think about it 24-7. And Black people do not have that privilege because they're, you know, under attack, unfortunately, by a lot of our population. And so it's it's really been an interesting time right now as a creator and me trying to find the balance of I really want to share what's happening in my life and also trying to find ways to protect my emotions because at the end of the day, I am a human as well. 
Mm, absolutely. Well, it's great. And you, I think you've developed this really great way. You do something which is in our therapy world, we would call ants and cats, which you talk about as flipping the script, mm-hmm. right? So we talk about it as automatic negative thoughts and counteracting thoughts, right? And so the right. automatic negative thought is unfortunately in this world is to hate yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yep. My stomach is fat. Ugh, I'm gross. Any of these things. And so you do a lot of work of this body positivity and flipping that script. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah. So my first thought, I was in my former life. I mean, I still am. I'm a critical and judgmental person and I'm really working on it. And my first thought is to criticize or to judge. And I think for a majority of my life, I just kept going with those thoughts and I would continue with the first thought and it would form into a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whether it was about myself or about someone else. You know, I used to I wasn't the nicest person as a kid. I, I, I think a lot of it was I was misunderstood, but I definitely spoke my mind and maybe could have bit my tongue a little bit more, but I continued with those critical judgmental thoughts and got into some trouble in high school and college. And I think for me, a lot of the self-work that I've been doing is flipping that script. And whether it's me, when I look in the mirror and my first thought might be critical and I'm like, oh my God, what happened? And you know, this has been especially over the past two years where, or I guess five years post-college, I gained a little weight and then I was like, oh, I don't, I have to actually think about exercising now. I don't just show up to practice in games. And then I became obsessed with exercising and obsessed mm-hmm. with what I was putting in my body. And then after the accident, everything changed for me. And I gained like 20-ish pounds and my body's different and I love my body way more, but it took a long time for me to accept that it was different and that that's okay. we're always told more is worse. Oh, right. right? Oh we're always told that if you gain it, you have to lose it. If you and right. and that, taught that yeah. like our bodies aren't supposed to change in some way, right? Which like, is fucking yeah. insane. That's insane. <laughs> insane. Like I would compare my 28-year-old body to an 18-year-old version of myself. I'm like, that is a child. You cannot right? try to be right. that like, way. You can't look like that anymore. Right. I mean, and it's and, one of the things we do to like shame and to hurt ourselves is like keeping clothes from like fucking high school. I mean, oh, I toss that fair, shit. Yeah. I I have this one skirt. I can't see the part with it. I think because it reminds me of like my freshman year at Penn State, going to frat parties, being fucking crazy. And now I'm like, like a yeah. like now a I'm like marrying the burbers with a kid, um, <laughs> holding on to the glory days. <laughs> yeah, right. So for me, it's a glory days thing. But I think for a lot of us, it's like a shaming fucking thing. Yes, right. You'll have Emily's in the closet right now. I know. I'm in my closet. Well, I feel recording. like we need to throw I just you like it. a frat party for that skirt. Like we need to like get you yes. real drunk. Yes. Skirt on. Do some dancing on tables. Eat a lot of pizza and. And then yeah. say your farewells. Light it on fire. I really, really like that idea. And it'll probably, me, it'll probably like, yeah. go right up in flames it. with all now, the alcohol. Question though, do frat parties exist anymore with COVID? <laughs> no. Well, you know what? It depends on the college because based I guess on what I see true. on TikTok, some of these kids don't know what COVID exists. Wait, my favorite TikTok is the, uh, have you come across the one that's like the bingo of the, of the colleges? Have no. you seen this? It's no. like, um, it's like, uh, uh, college shuts down. College has to reimburse. Uh, president of college oh. gets open, and it's a girl like just fucking filling out bingo with the colleges. Like every college is going to shit. It's a fucking oh mess. My, yeah, <laughs> it's insane. I saw one that was like um, spring of 2019, right? Was it 20- whatever the last spring was? Spring mm-hmm. semester, like colleges, ten cases. Everyone go home. Enjoy. Like this is not safe. And then it's like fall 2020. Come back. Please bring your debit card. We're not here. <laughs> like max cases. People are dying. Red rapid, yeah. rapid wave come back compared come to back. March. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I've been really working on flipping that script, whether it's like on my body or even when I'm thinking about other people. Um, also when I'm having you know, it even goes to like my work. I can really criticize myself and instead I focus on the things I want and I haven't gotten yet rather than the accomplishments I've actually accomplished or succeeded in. And with my anxiety, like I really think that changing your mindset has been the most helpful tool for me. And for me, I view it as like the angel and devil on my shoulders. And that devil is the bitch in my mind that's critiquing everything. And I don't see a world where she doesn't exist, just to be totally frank. I don't see a world where every time I catch a reflection of myself, I'm like, yes, I'm beautiful and never have one thought. But I do find that I have amplified the angel voice so that she's louder than the devil and Mm -hmm. she takes over and maybe the devil speaks first but the angel is the finishing thought 
Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blueland, and it has been a game changer. Blueland has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. Well, it even, it even reflected, like when we were talking about people who were like, trolls that were saying mean things to you, like as you were speaking about that, your ability to have empathy for them by saying, listen, people are stuck inside. They have a lot of anxiety right now. And that turns to anger. Like your ability to, to kind of look underneath that. I was thinking this while you were talking, it speaks to how you're able to kind of flip that script to understand that you know, where they're coming from, gain some empathy towards people who are kind of in that anger. What does that do for you to be able to find that empathy? It's huge for me. And I honestly talked about this with my therapist yesterday because I dealt with, I posted a like thing that I wrote out on my notes the other day on my Instagram about the current state of the Black Lives Matter movement and the kind of what I was saying earlier, the privilege that white people have to then continue on with their lives and we're posting on social media, like everything's fine. And then I posted a sponsored post the next day and I got a few, two, these two comments that were attacking. And for me, I'm like, I know I said this in the beginning, but if someone comes at me, my sis, like, I'm like, put on your mitts. Let's fucking go. Like Mm -hmm. I'm ready to fight. And my sister jokes, she's like, I miss crazy, angry Cammie. I haven't seen her in so long. Like if you go after someone I love, I will hunt you down. And that honestly is a lot of what got me in trouble in college. And I feel like that is my first reaction. And my husband is not on social media, so he doesn't understand trolls. And so he's like, I don't even get why you engage with these people. Like you have to stop. It only makes it worse. And in the beginning, when I would get these messages, I would fight back, fight back. And then I'd be more hurt. I'd feel guilty over what I said. Um, 
somehow the, fl- the they would flip the script of like, you're so mean. And so I made a rule with myself that I will not respond to anyone's rude comment or DM until I give myself at least one to three hours to mm. sit with it. And usually after that time passes, I can then respond and be like, hey, I'm really sorry you feel that way. But like, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying my best and the world will go on. And you know what? If you don't like what I'm putting out there, I invite you to unfollow me. I'm not forcing you to follow me. If you do mm-hmm. not enjoy what I'm doing, it makes you angry. Please, for your mental health, unfollow me. And it's it's so different now when I reflect on my reactions to things than even just like last year and really creating that boundary for myself. And again, flipping that script has been so helpful in diffusing situations. And honestly, I've had a lot of people... I've had a few instances where people have DM'd me months later being like, hey, I was someone that attacked you. I appreciated the way you handled it. I kept following you and now you're one of my favorite people. Wow. Thank you very much. Yeah, like what has it? What do you feel like That's pretty big of those people too, though, right? So like, I know the one girl that said that. I was like, I really respect your maturity. (laughs) Yes. Well, it sounds. You know, if if, the thing is, if we respond in anger, like if someone attacks you, your initial response is like, I need to protect myself, and so we respond in anger. I'm a fight, not Uh, right. I'm gonna fight back. Um, But giving yourself that time to like sit with it and then and then respond versus reacting sounds like it not only helped you in that moment, but also helped the other person to reflect. I mean, certain people reflect on their own reactions too. Right. And for me, you know, it comes down to a, what people are saying usually reflects more on themselves than me. Yes, and I think I came to that conclusion when I noticed myself as a consumer, why are some of these accounts triggering to me? Why do some of these accounts make me so fucking angry? And a lot of the times, I mean, yes, sure. Sometimes it's the person and I get that. But most of the time when I'm triggered by an account, it's because it's triggering something that I'm either jealous of or self-conscious of in myself or, you know, it's, it's more my problems than theirs and I'm just reflecting it onto them. And once I noticed that as a consumer, I kind of switched my mindset as a creator when people are commenting and coming at me. And again, it's not happening all the time, but when it does, it's more about them than me. And oftentimes people just want to be heard. And that's another thing I've noticed, especially right now. They just want to feel like they have a voice and they want to be acknowledged. And so I'll say like, listen, I acknowledge what you're saying. Um, this is my opinion and we can move on. I, I have though now made the rule. I will no longer engage with an actual troll. That is a fake account because if mm-hmm. you're, if you are taking the time to create a fake account to come at me and you don't have, if you're so, so passionate about what your opinion and what you have to say, but you don't have the balls to say it behind your own account, you don't deserve my time. Mm-hmm. So that is a rule I just made. And they've already decided. There's no there's no conversation. Exactly. There's no conversation to be had. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right, we have a bunch of listener listener questions. Oh, yay. Are you ready? You Mm -hmm. call? But um but um bum bum boom. What's our listener question jingle? (laughs) All right. Well, this is a fine one we'll start off with. What is something that most people don't know about you? Um my friend actually asked me this and I said that I wish like my alter ego would be a hip hop rapper in like (gasps) the late nineties. Like that's where I thrive. Like get me on a dance floor and a there's this Spotify playlist that I found on TikTok actually, and it's called um, high school dance sweaty cafeteria and it's it's everything to me and that's literally where I thrived like I love I love grinding at my wedding Joe tried to tell me that there was a no grinding rule and I was like no that's not happening and he was like you cannot grind with me in your freaking wedding dress at like 8 p.m so post 10 o'clock I was allowed to but <laughs> like that that's where I thrive that's incredible is it like front grinding it. or like back grinding oh back grinding I'm like a a background booty yeah. yeah oh yeah oh God. Okay. that took me a minute to think about what you meant by that Jen. oh front grinding. oh really <laughs> like, like a front like, grind is like when yeah, you're no, like front it, grinding is like you're trying to like make out with someone i'm here to dance I'm yeah like, it can make, be anyone it doesn't like you know when there was like sexual tension when mm-hmm. you were like well you you're know. trying to give them a denim boner yeah, yeah. no yeah you're yeah, like I, I would like to you're like this is my wedding this has to be tasteful 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, well, speaking of your wedding, somebody asked, how did you know your husband was the one I've been with my high school sweetheart for six years? Oh, I get this question so many times. So Joe and I started dating when we were juniors in high school and I was head over heels in love with him. And I said to my, my two best friends gave a speech at our wedding being like, it's really wild to watch your best friend marry the guy that she said she was going to at 16. And I did say it and I believed it. I'm also the daughter of high school sweethearts. So I think it Mm. seemed like plausible to me. And while I loved him so much, we went to separate colleges. He went to school in Iowa. I went to school in uh, Pennsylvania and we both played sports and, you know, we were very much like, we're going to have fun. I'm not going to hold you back. Like, I want you to party. I'm going to party. We'll talk tomorrow. I was not the girl that was like, I have to go home to FaceTime my boyfriend. And I think that post we broke up twice within the four years of college. And the one, the second time was senior spring. And that was a more of like a breakup kind of situation than a break. And when we were getting back together, there was obviously some turmoil and shit we had to work through and it was not easy. And I think in that moment, there was something that happened and just the way he reacted to the situation, he's the funniest person I know. And I think part of his, the reason I love his humor so much is because there's impact and meaning behind it. He does it because he make, it makes me so happy. And the way he handled this situation with such humor and grace, I remember I said to my friends, like, we will get through this. We will get back together and I will marry him because I love him so much. Wow. Oh, fuck. That's good. That is yeah. really good. That's a keeper. That's a keeper. He's great. Right Man. All right. Oh God. I like that. So it's funny. I do have this one moment. I'm like, this is the moment that I literally knew. Okay. This is not puppy love. Like this is it. Yeah. My high school relationship was the most dysfunctional thing you could ever fucking imagine. I mean, it just, it just screamed attachment issues. So I'm so impressed that you knew yourself well. And then it was like so healthy but I was also very crazy. So it's hard to say. <laughs> right, like to know yourself. I think that's, that's why I think a lot of high school relationships become challenging is because people don't know themselves well enough right. when they're getting into them. So the fact that you- Or they do, or they miss out on their whole college experience because- Right. They, and you said like you didn't do that. So yes. Yourself, like you not at all. I also think- a huge that, difference. Um, some relationships that go on for a very long time that started at a young age, you don't allow the other person to grow. Mm. And Joe and I are very much, you know, we love spending time together, but we are both evolving just on parallel tracks. Like I want him to grow. I'm, I've grown a ton and we're both growing and changing and evolving, but we're keeping that like rooted base together. And I think that's huge because if you're holding each other back, there's so much resentment and you're missing out on so much. Right. Like you're growing together and not growing apart. Yeah. Exactly. That makes so much sense. But truly like to know yourself that well from such an early age, um, also speaks to how now it sounds like it's so comfortable for you to be so authentic. Yeah, I think put yourself out there because you really trust what feels right for you and what comes naturally. And because Mm -hmm. of that, you're creating a community where people are like, oh my God, you know, I feel so connected to you. I maybe have never told anyone these things about me, but I hear how authentic you are and connected to yourself. And I'm sure that really helps so many people more than you know. Thank you very much. Okay. So then we'll talk about helping people. Somebody asked for self-esteem good help. Segue. <laughs> it was good segue. <laughs> I have a bad relationship with myself because of my family and my ex. It's really interesting. I get a lot of people who struggle with things that their family or significant yeah. others say to each other. I will say if your significant other is saying these things to you, get out of that relationship. Yeah, Happily, this is this person's ex. Um, but there are some messages I get and you know, you can't stand you can't stand for that shit. For me, self-esteem wise, I say this a lot is like, you have to be your biggest hype woman and you need to have hype people behind you. Mm -hmm. And so you find a group of people for me, it's Joe, it's my younger sister. It's my best friend, Deanna. Like they hype me the hell up. And if there are times where I'm feeling down about myself, you know, you have to be vulnerable. You have to put yourself out there. You have to be able to say, I'm feeling X, Y, Z in order for people to help you. If you're going to continue to act like everything's fine, no one's going to know that you might need some extra assistance. So I'm the first to say, like, I'm feeling really sad right now. I'm feeling a little depressed. I'm feeling really critical of my body. And then being armed with things that know will help me get out of that. But also 
reminding yourself of how awesome you are. For me, I spend every morning, first thing in the morning, I meditate. Second thing is I sit down with my coffee and I journal. And my journal is literally me hyping myself up. <laughs> it's things I'm great, three things I'm grateful for that day. Three, like that have happened the day prior or whenever. Three affirmations, which are sometimes focused on my body, sometimes not. It might be like, I am more than my physical appearance. I am worthy. I am valued. Or I have a fucking awesome body. I love myself. Um, and then I do three manifestations as if, as if they've already happened. And then I just free journal. And a lot of my free journal is me just being like, wow, you're so amazing. <laughs> and it sounds crazy, but who cares? Like, who cares? You've, you've got to build the confidence somehow. And that's just how I do it. Well, I think we've also grown up in a society that tells women, be confident, but don't be cocky, right? Right. Be confident, but don't be conceited. So annoying. And it's so annoying. Else, it's a setup for failure. It's a complete fucking setup. There's no way. It doesn't make sense. And to say to yourself, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just be really proud of myself and hype myself. Right. And that doesn't make you any of these fucking things. It doesn't make you a fucking narcissist. It makes you like your biggest fan it's self-love it's like you're giving yourself the self-love that the world's not going to give you and like if you think about it how many times like do you hear someone or have you been in a situation where someone compliments you and you're like uncomfortable with it or they're uncomfortable with it oh my god I have something on that so my best friend laughs at me every time because anytime someone compliments me I'm like oh my gosh thank you so much and she's like the way you take compliments is unlike anything I've ever seen before and I it's because so my mom had a pretty bad eating disorder when she was in college. And obviously that stays with you for mm-hmm. a lot of your life. And as I mentioned, I grew up critical of myself a lot of the times because I think I picked up on her criticizing herself. And she is just so, she's gotten better, but she used to be so bad at taking compliments. And say, my Nana, oh my God, it's painful. And I'd be like, Nana, you look gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. I look disgusting. Look at my stomach. Oh, God, these pants are 20 years old. Like, I do a whole bit on my Nana that my cousins and I joke about. But it's like, it drove me insane. And even with my mom, I'd be like, Mom, you look so beautiful. Oh, I don't think so. And so I started, I told myself, I will just say, smile and thank you. And so when my friends, Emily is my one friend who gets a kick out of this, she'll be like, Cam, you look gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. She's like, huh? What? Like people don't even know how to react. Right. They're not expecting it. We're taught to like then criticize or be like, oh no, I don't. It's okay. Downplay it. Like own it. Accept it. Or like always, right. Or if someone says like, oh, I like your shirt. You're like, oh, thanks. I got it like on a discount at like this whole thing. Oh, this thing. Yeah. Like there's always like some sort of caveat to it. Like, why can't we just say thank you so much? I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. It's so hard for us to just take love. Yeah, really right. Is. And I think that that comes from that critical part of ourselves. That sometimes totally. it's so hard to take it, and sometimes it's so hard to give it. Yeah. All right. Last question. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm picking out a good one. You had a lot of questions. Just also, so I don't have the questions in front of me. Em. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, I kind of figured. I like. Well, you're like, yeah. I have no clue what's happening over here. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> you're in for it. You're I, with I, me. I know. Don't worry. I got this. Um. <laughs> Uh, tips on how to get nice to have a co-host exactly it's really helpful just like jen and i don't do anything without each other because we're very codependent and also typically if i have a week where i have it together she's a fucking mess and if she has it together i'm a fucking mess so it really works out i'm jealous um you have talked about for you personally the benefit of meditating what are some tips on how to get into meditation okay so i was the person that was so resistant to meditation. Um, I have this group of, there are five of us girlfriends and three of them had done this program called Ziva Meditation. It's an in-person three to four day course in New York City. She also does it in LA. And they were like, it changed my life. It's amazing. And you learn, it's mantra based. You learn Emily Fletcher's technique. You're given a mantra and you're supposed to meditate 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon, every day. And I, my friends kept being like, you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. And I was so resistant. I was just thinking, I don't have the time. I already wake up so early. I'm, you know, New Yorkers love to brag about how busy we are. I was that type of person. And I was just no, no, no. And so I kept signing up for it and then backing out like, oh, sorry, something came up because it is a commitment. It was a Thursday, Friday night, and then all day Saturday, all day Sunday. So it's a lot. And interestingly enough, I signed up for the March one 
and I, of course, was going to find a way to back out again. But then it was the weekend after my accident. And so I had no other plans. I called my neurologist. I said, can I do this? And he's like, if you can safely get there with someone taking you, it's the best thing you can do because you're basically sitting in a dark room listening to a woman speak and you're meditating. So I went and I totally believe that the universe had my back in getting me there. And I haven't missed, I've missed one day of meditation since, and that was over two years ago. So for me, yeah, I mean, it, it's really changed my life. And I, I mean, I do so much for my anxiety, but between like CBD meditation, limiting caffeine, smoking weed, antidepressant medicine, I'm here for all of it. But I, when I started, it opened up so much to me and the main thing that I think is con- like a misconception over meditation is that it's supposed to be this thing that you perfect mm. and that you're supposed to sit there and not have any other thoughts and reach this eternal bliss. And if you don't do that, then it's a failure. And I love Emily Fletcher for this reason. And I have an episode with her on my podcast that if you're interested in this topic, I recommend you checking out. But she very much is like, there's no expectation with meditation. There's no agenda with your meditation. There's no perfection. There's no shitty. It's just, it is what it is. And the fact that we think we can get our brain to just shut off, you can't because you're getting your body to relax and therefore your brain can't also relax. Like if you think about when you're sleeping, you're still dreaming. Um, And so her method is that you, you treat this mantra as the guest of honor at a party. And so every time a thought, which is like another guest at the party comes, you're not going to open a door, see the other person and shut it because it's not the guest of honor. You're going to open the door. You're going to welcome the guest into the party. You're going to say, hello, how are you? Acknowledge them and then go focus on the guest of honor. So for me, I think about it uh, almost like I visualize a boomerang where if a thought comes in, it comes in my right temple. I acknowledge it. I don't shut it out. And then I release it out my left side. It might come back around and that's fine, but it is what it is. And someone's like, well, what if you fall asleep while you're meditating? I'm like, I chalk it up to fucking meditating. It doesn't matter. Um, so I think getting into it is the biggest leap. You just have to find a program that you enjoy. And honestly, it's sticking with it. So for me, I went a more intense route. Um, they do have an online school. It is an expense. It was something I really was willing to put money into, but there are incredible apps like Headspace and Calm. After a year of begging, I got my husband to start meditating. So he meditates via Headspace every single morning. And now he is like so disappointed with himself if he ever misses a day because it shows wow. you the streak that you're on. <laughs> and that like one day he was so hungry, he forgot. And he was like, he came home from a bachelor party and I was just like hanging out in the apartment. He's like, Oh my God, I didn't meditate today. I, I have to go do it. And I was like, that is the sexiest thing you've ever said. To me. Right. Like, I am so turned on right yeah, now. That I love play. you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is my version of foreplay. Yeah. So he, but like these types of apps I think are so helpful and you can do it for five minutes. You can do it for 10 minutes. Um, there are nighttime ones. There are morning ones. I think Harry style does some of the voiceovers on calm, maybe I think it is. So I think just that's finding, four like, Yeah, I know. I think it's just finding what works for you and committing to it. And really consistency is key. So making it a practice, making time for it. I do it first thing in the morning. I think something I was recommended is if you're ever building something into your routine, tack it on to something that always already happens. So I hopefully know I'm going to wake up every morning. So it's the first thing I do and it's a part of my routine. I struggle with my afternoons because I haven't tacked it on to anything. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, okay, I'm going to brush my teeth every morning. After I brush my teeth, I'll meditate for 10 minutes. I'm going to pee first thing in the morning. After I do that, you know, that's the best way to do it. And then just try and stay consistent with that. Mm-hmm. One, the one thing that you mentioned in terms of, you know, allowing a thought to come in, acknowledging it, and then letting it pass. I think in general that being able to practice that is so helpful with anxiety and so helpful with negative thoughts is that you can recognize them without judging yourself for them. Totally. Or taking them on. Or or taking them on, right. And so an off writer assigning meaning to them. Oftentimes we spend so much time um, trying to push those thoughts away or being hard on ourselves for even having those thoughts. So I think even just the practice too of being able to say, okay, I'm allowed to have this thought. It's okay that I'm having it and now I'm going to let it pass mm-hmm. is so incredibly helpful for your mental health too. And I also wanted to note, I see that you meditate in bed, right? Yeah. Like as soon as you wake up. 
I think that's genius. I think the thing that makes it hard for me personally to meditate is like, I feel like I have to get up and like go sit somewhere and- No, see, we have all these stupid agenda concepts of it. Like it doesn't have to be this aha moment. And I used to- I used to not, it honestly varied a little bit, but now that Joe's working from home, um, we both get up at the same time and we sit there and meditate. And it's like such a nice thing for the two of us. That's he's been so a little, wonderful. yeah, You're he's making, been um, waking up a little late, but it's okay. <laughs> Come on, Meditating Joe. a little later. I'm totally yeah. going to meditate after this. Thank you for that. Yay. You're welcome. Oh my God. Thank you for being with us here today. You're Thank so you. fucking awesome. This is so fun. We love you. How can everyone find you? So Instagram is definitely my most active platform. I talk to my Instagram stories like you guys are my best friend and therapist. And that is definitely the best place. So it's at Freckled Foodie. Um, TikTok is the same, at Freckled Foodie, if you want to follow me there for my random array of videos. And I mean, everything is linked through my Instagram. And then the podcast is Freckled Foodie and Friends. I release an episode every Friday at 6 a.m. And you guys, well, you two are going to be on it. So yeah, some, excited. Yeah, so, we're going to record right after this, so we'll yes. figure out the release dates, but definitely make sure you check out that episode as well. So after you listen to this episode, also make sure you check Jen yes. out on Freckle Foodie and Friends. Thank you for being here with us today. We Thank you so much. This was incredible. So fun. Thank you. Thank you.